My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name is Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host. I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. And have I got a treat for you? I cannot wait to share my conversation with Mike Weinberg with you today because um, here's someone who I've looked up to for a long time. Here's someone who I've gotten to spend a lot of time with. Here's someone who I've been able to work with on some client projects. And he's kind of like my sales consulting big brother. I know he likes to refer to me as his golf big brother. Um, We've done a lot more consulting together than playing golf, unfortunately. But um, we're going to talk today about accountability and the leader's responsibility in making sure that the reps are doing the work they need to do. We're going to talk about a lot of things here. We're going to make you think differently about your meetings with your reps. And uh, if you're a leader, you need to pay attention to this. So I am not going to hold this up any longer. We got into this conversation. It's a little longer than some of our normal conversations, but it was too good, quite frankly, uh, to cut short. So um, here, I'll let you get to it right now, and I'll be back with you. Um, on the other side of it. I've got Mike Weinberg with me. Papa Mike, good to see you. I am so close to being Papa Mike. It's frightening. (laughs) But at the time this goes, you will be Papa Mike. That much I know. So uh, I'm going to start calling you Papa Mike right now. Um, It's definitely a transition. (laughs) We can talk about that at another time. I'm so thrilled for you and your family. I just, I know how, how, um, I know how thrilled you are. So I had to throw that out there to get us started. Thanks, man. Um, but I was tell- what I was telling you before we pressed record here is there is nobody that I'd rather talk to about holding reps accountable to prospecting than you. You are the godfather of accountability. And what I like to talk, and we, we've talked about this at length before, but accountability is support. Accountability is I love you and I'm seeing what you're capable of. Micromanagement is I don't trust you to do anything unless I watch you do it. And I'm not sure that I want you to be the person to do it, right? These are two messages that are at opposite ends of the spectrum, but they get conflated all the time. Why can't intelligent leaders like the the ones who lead sales teams, why can't they wrap their arms around that concept? Okay. You said so much in that question. I can't like, first of all, you use like my two favorite, my two favorite topics. If I'm talking to salespeople, it's prospecting. If I'm talking yeah. to leaders, it's accountability. You're wrapping them into one episode. Like I couldn't be more excited to do this. You know, you said we were talking about this before we push record. I think some of the best work you and I've ever done together is where I, I had you in one of my clients where you were leading this conversation, helping these managers, right? Actually implement accountability and do the things, but at the same time, not be total jerks. Yeah, like the concept I want to get across based on your your premise is that these two things are not mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. You can have a healthy, high performance, kick ass culture that's laser focused on goals, results, pipeline, opportunity creation, which is what prospecting is about, mm-hmm. creating opportunities. You can be laser focused and hard on those things, but you can be caring and familial and have a community and even loving and fun and celebration. And the best sales cultures, they marry both of those. 
Yeah. You're crazed about results and pipeline and you are so pro salesperson and caring and have this environment where you edify and build up and support the sales team. And so you're engaging their heart at the same time, you're kicking their ass, which is yeah. a funny line, but my mentor, Donnie Williams, who I talk about a lot, he said that sales management, it's the fine art of balancing, encouraging the heart and kicking the ass. So mm -hmm. we can go so many places with this, like technically, but I don't know why so many sales leaders, like it's, it's this extreme thing. And if they're, they're scared to have the accountability conversation or cause they're, they're low conflict or, or all of their conversations are emotional. And I'm like, it, this isn't emotional. It's facts, right? We're going to sit down and look at what you produce and talk about it. That's not a conflict. That's data. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, now I, now that I threw out a long thing, you could throw back, you know, we could go anywhere with this. I, I, I like where you're going with that. And, and the idea of just the data, and one of the things that I do when I work with leaders and they cringe at first because I'm recommending another meeting, but I say it's 15 minutes a month where all you do is look your rep in the eye and you talk about what's most important. Did you hit the number? Didn't you? Are you trending? What do you need? And, and, it's, and it's like, no, and, and I'm, I, I say, look, book these back to back where you don't have the opportunity to extend this conversation. Like, and this is not your regular one-on-one -on -one. that's already scheduled for next week. That's fine. Identify during these 15 minutes, what you need to talk about next week. But it's, and I was talking this morning, actually, to somebody, I said, this is the rudder on your boat in the turbulent waters. This is the grounding exercise that makes the makes you both recognize what's most important in your business. It is the meeting that makes all the other meetings more effective. hundred percent. That's chapter 20 in sales manager simplified. You and I both got this from my mentor. I mean, we all, we all had some version of this, but his brilliance of keep this meeting short. And I, I can't tell you how often I'm reminding my clients that this is an accountability meeting. Don't dilute it by morphing into a coaching meeting mm -hmm. because this is, this is the weird, weird reality. As much as I want you to be caring and pro sales, and as much as I want managers and executives to coach for development or coach a deal or coach the pipeline. Those are all really critical. Mm -hmm. I don't want that happening in the accountability meeting because there's something magical and, and it, I see it. It's transformative. When you sit down the salesperson in the chair and it, it works remotely, like you and I are speaking now, like over, mm -hmm. over, you know, the internet, or it also works face to face. But when you sit the salesperson down and they understand this is your meeting as the leader and you're going to hold them accountable for what they produced and what they've created in the pipeline. And that's the purpose of prospecting, right? We're going to get to activity if the pipeline is, is not sufficient because there's nowhere mm -hmm. else to go. But the, the order is results, then pipeline, and then activity. And my strongest encouragement, and it's going to sound so weird because it's counterintuitive because most leaders want to coach and want to help and want to build up and, and encourage their people. But this is the one meeting where I actually want your struggling salespeople to leave discouraged and frustrated that they didn't produce. They let you down. The pipeline was pathetic. The results weren't there. I want them leaving your office with a little bit of an icky feeling if they're not producing. So they change their behavior because they don't want to have that meeting with you again and have to look at you in the face and go, no, boss, no, I didn't create opportunities. And no, my pipeline is weak. So don't start coaching them because the word, I'll, I'll use it again, you dilute the impact. Yeah. And I would advocate what Jeff says. You schedule the next meeting. You can do it back to back. You could do it tomorrow. You could take them out for a beer or breakfast the next day. Hey, let's coach. I'm going to help you be more effective. But don't diminish the impact of that 
they're in the hot seat, you're reviewing their results, you're reviewing the health of their pipeline. And then when necessary, the pipeline's weak, then we'll go into activity and go, hey, well, I'm confused. Doesn't look like you have enough opportunities in the pipeline. What are you doing? How are you spending your time? Who are you targeting? And then we could talk about this, but that's where a lot of people go, well, I'm really busy. I was managing accounts or, <laughs> you know, my SDR team didn't give me enough appointments or our inbound marketing sucks or, you know, the excuse, you know, apparatus fires up. Right. So I go ahead, let's play with this a little oh, further. I want to, I want to marry your two favorite topics again, accountability okay. and prospecting in a different way. And through the lens of as the leader, your reps are your customers now. You may have a bag that you carry, but you're trying to influence the, the rep's decisions the same way you would a customer's decision. That icky feeling in their belly of, oh, I could be doing better. You want to inspire that? Um, that is the same as creating tension in the mind of a prospect. I've never thought about that. Like Neither that have ever. I until you For were just saying decade that. decade of talking about this, you just really dropped a new one on me. And that's really good. <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying... Like when we're selling, we're creating a dissatisfied or tense feeling because mm -hmm. the customer's current state isn't right and they mm -hmm. want to be in a different state in the future and they have a need to get there. You, you're dropping that analogy on this accountability meeting and saying, yep. we're actually the salesperson, the sales rep is the client and we need to have them have the dissatisfied feeling with where they are and a hunger to do better. Jeff, that's freaking good. Thank like you. that's- we could just end the episode. Everyone go back and listen to Jeff's point. Cause I think that's, that is, you married it up right there mm -hmm. because I the mean, goal is not to make, let's, let's be honest. We're not trying to make anybody feel bad. The goal is to improve results. Right. And if you don't stick their nose in their poor results and their pathetic pipeline, why would they improve? Why would they change your behavior? And it, it sticking their nose in it. Sometimes that has to happen. Um, but it's, it's that calling out, like, this isn't what it should be. And not through the, and I'm going to rub your face in it and make you feel terrible until you, you know, the beatings will continue until morale right. improves. It's, it's, this isn't as good as it could be. Yeah. And even though you said it was like, you're trying to be intentionally, you know, funny The this is not an emotional meeting. I'm never threatening right. Donnie, when he would do this meeting, he never raised his voice. Right. He was always happy. He was always a smile. But the re right. but he'd be like, hey, you missed your number by 30%. Yeah. And he'd say, want to tell me what happened? Because <laughs> no. I need to understand. And then and we look at the pipelines. Like, let's say I'm going to throw the number out here, Jeff. Yeah. Totally generic numbers. But let's sure. say a tip, this salesperson typically or the company's statistics say you close about a third of your pipeline. Mm -hmm. Like if for whatever it is, you have the third of the deals you say are going to close, you close. So, you know, you need a three X multiplier for the ripe number of deals, right? That the deals that are ripe and at a stage that are ready to close, yeah. you're going to make your number. So if you're talking to a sales rep and the results are not good and you get into the pipeline, and let's say they're supposed to close round numbers, hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars next month. They better have $300,000 of deals in there. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, and then let's say you dig into the pipe and you talk about it with them. And at the end of the day, not only do they not have 300,000, they don't even have a hundred thousand dollars of opportunities. Like they're, even if they closed hundred percent of the pipe, they're not making the number. Right. And that's when the conversation would shift from the pipeline to go, Hey, I'm, I'm not cool with you failing. You got to help me out. Your results aren't there. We both agree. Your pipeline's not sufficient to make your number. Ooh, we better talk about activity. What are you doing? And grab your account list and your calendar and what's on your docket for the next couple of weeks. Cause I don't know what to do here. And I don't know how to coach you unless I understand. 
Mm-hmm. And that's when we really start getting, but there was never this like shaming. And that, by the way, on the topic of shaming, that's why I think accountability is best done in private. Yep. I think a lot of sales managers cheat. They don't do the one-on-one and they do these really weird, bizarre, boring group team meetings where everybody reviews their pipeline and everyone else has to sit there and like take a nap. And while I get the pressure, <laughs> you know, the peer pressure and you don't want to be embarrassed in front of the team, but, and maybe you'd learn if there was some best practice sharing, but mm-hmm. usually it's just really boring and yep. demotivating and nobody wants to get beat up in front of their peers. I think the, the team meeting is supposed to encourage and equip and energize. Oh. So that's just my thought on, on how that plays out. Oh, and then it plays out even further. The leader doesn't want to actually embarrass the, the team member in front of the rest of their team. So then that meeting doesn't have any teeth. So it's, you know, it's, well, okay, well, we'll do it this way because accountability and uh, transparency and a bunch of buzzwords that sound really good until you totally misuse them. And then, so you know, we, we don't, we don't have, we could, we could just have a scoreboard. <laughs> you want accountability and transparency, just post the numbers, right? You don't need to call everybody to the front of the class. But then when you realize that you're calling them to the front of the class, you're like, oh, yeah, this is really kind of awkward. So I'm just going to go easy on you. Now it's four hours. Not only is it a four hour meeting that nobody wants to be in, but you're laughing because now it doesn't, it's not even an effective meeting. It's no, like, nobody's, nobody's winning that one. Nobody right? no one, wins. No one's winning there. Yeah, it's good. Look, you know how to prospect. I know you know how to prospect, but something still gets in your way. As a matter of fact, I've identified eight reasons that you and your team are not creating more sales opportunities. I put them together as a white paper to serve as a companion of this season of the Rethink the Way You Sell podcast. Go to jeffbajorek.com forward slash eight reasons to download your copy and the self-assessment that is included in that white paper so you know where you can make maximal impact right away to improve your prospecting results. Now back to the show. So I, and what's funny is before I had that next little epiphany about marrying it to prospecting, I had another way I wanted to, oh, I know how I was wanting to go with this. So how do, trust me, I'm having these moments all the time. (laughs) I had a great thought. So how do you run an accountability meeting and still make it friendly, right? Because you, you, you want to make sure you hold, there are leaders out there who say, I want to hold my people accountable, but I don't want to be a ball buster. And I also like, I want this to be a fun place to work because there's a lot of necessary and I think beneficial discussion about workplace culture and having fun and you're spending a lot of time there. So it's really important. How does you're a master at this? How does accountability actually lend itself to a fun engaging culture? It's a great question. It's a hard question, but let's start with this premise. Good salespeople are competitive. I don't know that we could find one high-performing salesperson who's not competitive and doesn't care about winning or where they rank on the team or what they're producing or they beat in their goal. So when you use the word fun, for most salespeople, fun translates to winning. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not poo-pooing the fact that looking at results and data is not fun. The other weird thing that happens when you, you implement the type of accountability meeting that I'm advocating here where it's short, it's very focused, it's 10 to 15 minutes, it's, it's very much about the results for a little bit and a lot of time on the pipeline and when necessary activity. The truth is 80% of the salespeople really enjoy this meeting because it's short and it's focused and it reminds them what they need to do to, to stay on track. 
You're not wasting their time. And if someone's blowing their numbers away, you got this A player, right? You bring them in, you sit them down, you go, hey, let's look. Oh, my goodness, you blew your number away again. You're still ranked number one on the team. You're 240% of quota. That's awesome. Hey, I don't want you coasting. Can we just do a quick check into your pipeline? Because I'm Janet Jackson. Like, what have you done for me lately? So show me the pipe. <laughs> Tell me what opportunities you're working that are new. What did you create? I don't want you to coast. We got to keep planting seeds. You like that, Janet yeah, Jackson? That's good. I, I don't really, that that's really good. <laughs> but so if that if the guy's a top producer, we're spending 30 seconds praising him up and down for his great results or her great results. We're looking at the pipeline and if it's chock full and there are new deals coming and the multiplier's right and you look at the coverage like, oh my gosh, you're going to blow your number away this quarter, the whole quarter. That accountability meeting's over in about 94 seconds. And then you yep. look at that person and go, hey, how can I help you? Yep. Now get out of here. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll, I'll roadblock for you. I'll, I'll get the obstacles. Yep. The only people that don't like this meeting are people that are hiding or they love to blow smoke. Mm. You know what BS stands for with, with salespeople? It's not what you think. BS is blowing smoke. And it's that smoke screen where they, they want to talk about everything but actual results and pipeline health. They're, everyone loves me. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And they're avoiding the reality. Any salesperson that bristles at you as the leader that wants to sit down and look at actual numbers, because sales is about results, and do a true pipeline analysis. Is there enough in here? Is the pipeline healthy? Is it moving? Or are deals getting stale and growing mold? right? Are we advancing? Are we creating? Like anyone who bristles and thinks that feels micromanaging or that's not fun, I could argue that's not a salesperson. Yep. And that would reveal that you have a talent problem because 80% of real salespeople, they're like, this is a good meeting. And even if they're struggling, like, okay, thank you for the focus. Like, yes. thanks for thanks for showing yes. me where I, and I, I got up my activity or I got to do this. And here's the other thing that happens. While Jeff and I would both advocate that you shouldn't be coaching within this accountability meeting, what's going to happen if you really do this accountability well, coaching opportunities will bubble up to the surface. And you're going to figure out from talking to Johnny and Joey and Dana and Sarah that there's a couple of things that they're not doing well. And then that's something you cover in a sales team meeting. Hey, mm -hmm. we just discovered this. We're, at, we're all struggling with getting a meeting with this type of prospect or this persona within the customer organization. Can we brainstorm this? Can we work on our messaging here? Can we talk about how we push past objections? All the stuff that you and I teach when it comes mm -hmm. to prospecting. So I think when you do good accountability, it, it does show you where people need coaching. It also, and I'll just add this piece, because I think it, it, it's not the fun part of it, but it's actually a helpful part. If you do this meeting regularly, not only do people change their behavior and they learn, and you learn where people need coaching, but your underperformers usually choose one of two tacks at this point. Either A, they get tired of coming and having to face you and face the music and look like an idiot because they're not trying or they're not successful. And they totally change their outlook and they ramp up their intensity and their activity because they want to come and look like they're doing something and they want to succeed. Most people want to succeed in their job. And that's a really good thing if shining the light of truth and accountability on results and pipeline changes someone's behavior. That's awesome. But the opposite tact happens sometimes after three, four months when you do these meetings consistently, Johnny comes back to you and goes, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't yep. like this management thing. I don't like you looking at my results in my pipeline. That's uncomfortable. And in that case, you should jump up, jump up and down and celebrate because Johnny just saved you a lot of grief because mm -hmm. he was never going to sell or be accountable. And right. Jeff, isn't that, isn't that a good thing when that, that change takes place? <sighs> 
I'm trying to think of the right way to, to, to put this. You're trying to be careful. I can see by your well, smile. We, we, we don't like to run people out of work, but it's really important. Nothing in sales, none of these best practices in sales work consistently in the absence of the truth. And if Johnny's not supposed to be on your team, you can do everything right and it's not going to work. But what the truth is, is Johnny's not supposed to be there. And so accountability becomes your magnifying glass to identify the truth. What needs to, what do we need to train on? Well, hey, thanks for having this conversation with me. We can train on this now. The truth is you're not alone. The truth is if you don't like standing up and representing your own results on a monthly basis, then maybe this isn't the right place for you. And it's uncomfortable now because the truth isn't always comfortable. It's uncomfortable now, but in two months when you find the right spot, and this actually happened in a client uh, with a client with me um, just last summer, he got halfway through the training. He's like, this all makes sense. And I do not want to do it. Amen. And they That's moved him so into another role in the company where he is thriving. He didn't even change his business address. He's thriving there. And so this becomes the mechanism by which you learn what's actually going on. And we cannot continue to pull the wool over our collective eyes and pretend that everything's okay. Jeff, it's so good. And here's the thing. You're in the middle of the series on prospecting, right? So yeah. here we're talking about accountability. We talked way more about accountability than about prospecting. But the part of the reason we want your audience to hear this is because for most people in sales, even people that are really good at prospecting, Jeff and I were both really good at it. Mm -hmm. I didn't love it. Right. I mean, <laughs> right. it's, you know, Jeff Blunt says that we do it because it works. Yeah. Right. It's a necessity. So accountability ties in. And, and here's the thing. I much rather hold somebody's feet to the fire about their actual results and the opportunities they're putting in the pipeline than ask them about their activity level. Mm -hmm. Because typically with prospecting, we don't want to do it. So we, we make sure they're doing their time blocks and we ask about outbound calls and where are you at the sequencing and all that stuff's great. But at the end of the day, what do we really want? What prospecting, in my opinion, there's one goal. Mm -hmm. It's not qualifying. And we can argue about that if you want. Anyone that wants to call me up, we'll talk about it. <laughs> I think you qualify when you get your discovery meeting yep. because most salespeople are not getting on an airplane and flying halfway around the world for multiple thousands of dollars to find out it's not a fit. Most good B2B companies, you're not targeting the phone book, right? You're targeting a strategic, handpicked, ideal profile prospect list. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, as the sales coach and a top sales hunter, what I'm telling you is prospecting isn't, isn't to qualify. I, I totally disagree with the people that want you to ask 19 questions and make the prospect who wasn't even expecting your call, jump <laughs> through all these hurdles before you'll schedule a meeting. I, I think it's the most bizarre thing. You have no right. You have no platform. You're interrupting someone that wasn't even expecting you. Right. And now you're going to interrogate them to see if they're worthy of a discovery meeting. Who the heck are you kidding? You <laughs> didn't you Sorry. call me? Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, this, that might be a good little tweetable clip. We just, I just threw out there. there you go. <laughs> so, so my opinion is that in the process of prospecting, there's one goal. It's to get the meeting because you're not calling the phone book. You, you've already decided you want to meet with these people mm -hmm. and you will have the initial discovery meeting and figure out at that point, do they have some potential need or are we just going to plant a seed or where does it go? Yeah. But activity isn't really the thing I want to judge somebody on. I want to judge them on number of opportunities they're putting into the funnel. What did my favorite accountability question? 
I ask this every time and I ask every salesperson to ask this, what opportunities did you create? And that will get not just to quantity, but also to effectiveness. Mm -hmm. And it'll help you unearth where your people need coaching. So that's how you tie in accountability and prospecting. Love it. Mike, we've gone a couple minutes over what uh, the target was here, but um, I can't stop talking to you. So I'm going to stop right here while I'm cognizant of it. And uh, we'll pick this up at another time. This was an absolute blast. Thanks for being here. Hey, appreciate you. And thanks for the chance to visit with your audience. How about that? It's funny. As soon as I stopped recording that, I looked at Mike and I said, dude, you bring out the best in me. And he does. He's one of a small handful of people that I can just sit down with and I can talk and they can talk back and we will put our heads together and come up with newer, better, more profound concepts. It's magic when we get to do that. And it's unfortunately a shame that we don't get to do it more often because we're both kind of busy, right? Um, but what did you think about that? And what made you, you know, or what have we made you consider from a different point of view? You know, we talked about accountability in a way that few other people, if any, have ever talked about. And the idea, well, the whole idea behind the podcast is to get you to rethink things. But if you're a leader, how do you feel differently now about holding your reps accountable to what they said they could do or that they said they would do? And do you see accountability as a, an accelerator to a good, cult, uh, good culture, rather, or do you see it as something that's really a hindrance? You got to change your mindset on that stuff. Otherwise, you're not going to accomplish what you know you're able to accomplish. So you want to talk about this? Like, let's talk about this. JB at JeffBajoric.com. You know, that's the email. You know, I answer it. And you know that if there's something worth picking apart here, then we should get on a call and, and talk about it. And if there's something about these concepts that are holding you up, isn't it worth 25 minutes to get some clarity and figure out the best way to move forward? Hey, look, if there's a project for us to work on in the aftermath of that, then awesome. But if you just need a few minutes to untie some knots in your brain so you can move forward and lead your team more effectively, then let's do that and let's get you going. Okay? Shoot me the message. Let's do it. You can learn more Mike or learn learn more about Mike rather at mikeweinberg.com. He is so prolific with his teachings, his writings on sales management. Sales Management Simplified is one of the best sales management books you'll ever read. It's the most reviewed and rated on Amazon, and Mike's very proud of that. It's a really, really good book, and it's really on a short list of uh, books that every sales manager should lead. And I know Mike's doing a lot of work and a lot of developing a lot of coaching programs around those lessons. So it's really worth uh, checking out. And I know he does these one day supercharge your sales management events that are in really fun locations. And um, I've gotten to participate in those before and they're a blast. So go think differently, act differently, create different results. Uh, I've got more coming for you in the next couple of days here. I can't wait to share that with you. And I'll talk to you again soon. Rethink the Way You Sell is a Pot About It production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.